Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goal. Thank you, everyone, for joining today's episode of How Did They Do a Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Sayla Prack. Today, I am honored to be joined by Carl Stanley. Carl is an Airbnb operator out in Fresno, California. Although he has been doing Airbnb since 2015, he didn't truly turn it into a business until May of 2019. When Carl learned he could operate Airbnb in homes that he didn't even own, he realized that he could scale the business quickly. In under 18 months, Carl went from one listing to 25 listings, netting over $20,000 per month. Now, three years into the business, Carl has over 60 properties and nets an average of $60,000 a month while spending just three hours per week in his business. So Carl also has a YouTube and podcast called The Fearless Investor. So Carl, thank you so much for joining the show today. How are you doing? I'm great, Sailor. Thanks for having me. And I got to tell my assistant to update that because I've been in the business for five years now. So <laughs> Awesome. We'll make yeah, sure that yeah. that is updated in your bio <laughs> yeah. as well for five years. So we appreciate you <laughs> sure. spending time with me today. So yeah. if you tell our listener a little bit more of your background and how you get started with real estate, that would be wonderful. Yeah. So the short story long, right, is right out of college, I was a sports anchor for a local TV station, thought that I was going to be taking this road to being the next, you know, big ESPN or sports center guy. And for me, that was kind of the dream. And very quickly, I realized that I don't taking orders from other people. And so I think what we call that is an entrepreneur in the making, right? So never took a business class, never took any sort of real estate classes, nothing like that. But a year into this industry, I was just like, man, I don't like getting underpaid. I don't like being told what I'm worth. I don't like being told what time to show up to work. I don't like being told how to do it. So what am I going to do? Well, I started a business. That business without a mentor, because I didn't realize the benefits of having mentors, really crashed and burned. And it really just kind of drug on for a long time. And I was so attached to like, I don't want to fail, right? But in the meantime, I was failing in a business for about four or five years Eventually, that led to me trying out multi-level marketing. I tried some sales jobs. I tried a lot of different things. And then eventually, I was just... The unfortunate side of this is that my dad ended up being in uh, hospice in 2018. And as he was on his deathbed, at this point, I was having my best year to date. And all I was making was about $70,000, $75,000. But I was working 60 hours a week. And I was just like, there's got to be something easier than this. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those moments where like... I just really believe in tragedy. There's a lot of good things that can come from that. And for losing my dad, one of the things that it really made me understand was like, I saw my dad being an entrepreneur and working till the day that he couldn't work anymore and missing out on a lot of big things because he had to be the one doing the work. He was the mm -hmm. operator of his business. And I just thought to myself, there has to be an actually passive way to make money in your sleep. Everyone talks about it, but I just don't buy into it because of all of these experiences that I've had with multi-level marketing companies and owning a business, I just didn't buy it. So I started Googling more and I started looking into things and I found real estate and I saw multifamily and I was like, wait, if I'm going to buy a multifamily complex and really truly have major passive income, I need to have money. And I didn't have any money to buy the property. So I just kept honestly, Selah, doing 
a lot more research until I mm-hmm. landed on flipping houses. And I saw that with flipping houses that you could make a big chunk of money and you could reinvest that. And now that $50,000, $60,000 you made on a flip could now turn into $200,000, $300 of passive income with a long-term rental. Well, the second flip that I did, I ended up holding on to it. And I said, instead of doing this as a long-term rental, why don't I try this as an Airbnb? And everyone was like, you're crazy. Fresno, California, Airbnb, like that's not a vacation market. And I was like, you know what? I know where you're coming from, but I really have a feeling about this, mainly because I had been doing it as a room out of my house. Mm -hmm. And so after that, I was like, well, let's try it with the entire house. Listed it on Airbnb. The first month, I 3X my net earnings on that property compared to it being a long-term rental. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is the way that I'm going to be able to accelerate all my cash flow. And then you do more research and you find out you don't even have to own the property. And that was when the light bulb went off for me. And fast forward three years later, we're at 60 properties. We're still right around that same number today. And you heard the numbers, but it was a little bit of a windy road. But that moment of realization of like, oh my gosh, this is like... Getting into real estate, you realize money is not that hard to get if you just are smart about it. And so I started working smarter, not harder was really the underlying thing there. Thank you so much, Carl, for sharing additional information about your background that just that light bulb, right? And so you mentioned that time for your second flip, you mentioned that you decided to do Airbnb instead. So like what was going on at the time that you decided to do Airbnb? What type of research that you did? Like your friends mentioned Fresno, California is not a vacation location, right? So what made you make the jump? What are some of the background data or anything that you do in your research in order to make that decision? What I did then versus what I would tell people to do now is much different because I didn't know about all the resources at my fingertips, right? All I knew was I was doing Airbnb as a room out of my house and it was Mm -hmm. getting booked 50, 60% of the time. And so I was just like, well, if I'm doing that as a room, I imagine that I could make two or three times as much if I did the entire house. And so then I went on Airbnb and I saw over a hundred listings and I saw these calendars and they were booked for a month or two out. I was like, yeah, I mean, it was a little two bedroom, one bath. And I was like, it's going to cost me maybe five, six, $7,000 to furnish this entire thing. It's not a high barrier of entry. It was very low barrier of entry. And so there wasn't much risk. So I just decided to kind of just go Mm -hmm. for it. But today, if I were to go back and do it all over, I would use a resource called AirDNA, which is like the MLS of Airbnb, where you can actually look at comps and see what are my neighbors making two bedroom houses on three bedroom houses on four bedroom houses with pools. Mm -hmm. I can go and actually get the numbers and have a better idea of what am I specifically going to be making on this property over the span of a year. Got it, got it. And also, how did you feel about the Airbnb markets right now, especially in 2023? Is it still a suitable investment for investors? Or what's your thought on that? Yeah, I'll tell you the same thing I tell everyone. And that is on 2021 and before, I could literally list a sleeping bag or a tent on Airbnb and make great money. The reason for that was because it was still getting popular. Now the popularity is there and everyone and their mom, especially after COVID was like, okay, Airbnb survived. This must be a good exit strategy. And you saw people and, you know, I'll raise my hand. I have a YouTube channel. I have a podcast about it. A lot of us were talking about it. So everyone was starting to find out about it. And so it saturated the market, but here's the thing. Anytime there's something good, the market's eventually going to get saturated, whether you have all this information out there or not, people are going to find out about it and it's going to catch fire. And I would say today, 
is a lot like getting into real estate and flipping houses starting in 2019, which is when I started. Everyone was making great money flipping houses 2016 to 2019. And then 2019, a lot of people were like, hey, the margins aren't nearly as good. There's still opportunity, but they're not as good. That's how I would evaluate Airbnb right now. The margins are still there. And if you're really dedicated to going and finding the right deal, you can still 3X to 5X, maybe even 10X your income compared to a long-term rental. You just have to be a lot smarter about it and using resources like AirDNA, networking with other hosts in your area, knowing those specific things that make that property a lot different from the one down the street. The thing about Airbnb and comping Airbnbs compared to like a single family home flip, there's not much difference there. If I've got a pool with a flip, right, mm-hmm. then I know it's going to make more money than that house down the street that has the same square footage without a pool. Same thing with an Airbnb, but that pool could, instead of adding like on a flip, a $10,000 or $20,000 additional profit, that pool could make me an extra $1,000 per month for the entirety that it's on Airbnb compared to that one down the street. So I just have to know those things. I have to understand what's the difference, what's going to make me be in the top five percent of my market with these properties versus just getting the same that all the other 95% of people are doing. And that's really what we've done over the last, I'd say, year is we have the same number of properties as we did last year, but we've replaced a lot of those low income producing properties that were the basic three bedroom, two bath house or the two bedroom, one bath house that wasn't making a lot of money. We've taken those out and we've replaced them with five bedroom, four bath houses right on the lake over in Bass Lake near Yosemite or Mm -hmm. the house with the pool and the hot tub. And it's really nicely updated on the inside. Those are the ones that we've transitioned over to. And for that reason, we just had our best month to date in July of 2023, where we grossed over $300,000. We hadn't done that in any other month to date. Wow, that's amazing. And Carlos, you mentioned that you also found a way to actually listing Airbnb without even owning one. And uh, that's one of the things like a lot of our investors thinking the same way, right? How do you do that? Most of the time, our traditional thinking is that, oh, you have to have some type of a down payment in order to buy a property and then like renovating it and furnish it before you can actually put it on Airbnb. But you did a different ways or found a way to do things smarter. Can you share with our listeners uh, some of the yeah. strategies? And you know, this has become pretty popular. So this might be news to some people, but for a lot, this will probably be even a recap because back in 2019, when I found out about this, it was the biggest aha moment I've probably had in my entire career because I went and I saw, okay, cool. I can accelerate cash. And every time I buy a house, instead of making $200 or $300 a month, I could maybe make $1,000 to $1,500 a month. My goal at the time was to get to $10,000 of income per month. I thought that was going to take me about two years. With the strategy I'm about to tell you, it only took me about six months. So what I ended up doing is I heard a podcast, not much different than this one, about a guy who was renting apartments in LA and then re-renting or subleasing them out on Airbnb and keeping the difference. So he'd rent it for $2,000 a month. He listed on Airbnb at $200 a night. After 50% occupancy, he'd make about $3,3500 a month. And after all expenses, he was making, he was netting $1,200 to $1,500 a month on these small one bedroom, one bath apartments in LA. And That was just like, wait a second, that sounds too good to be true. So I called Airbnb and I said, 
do you have to have the deed to the house? And they said, no, you don't have to have the deed. I was like, okay, but how many properties can I list on Airbnb? And they go, as many as you want. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's right. So (laughs) I started learning how I bought his course. I went in and I started learning how to talk to landlords and leasing agents to position myself as a great solution to all the issues that these landlords were having, right? They have tenants that don't pay on time. They have tenants that are destroying the place and they don't know about it until the lease is up. They're getting calls at 11 p.m. at night about the leaky toilet or the window isn't closing properly. And these landlords are tired of this kind of stuff. So I can come in and instead say, what if you could rent to me and not have to deal with any of that? I'm going to pay you automatically every single month. I'm going to be Mm -hmm. insured. You and I are going to be much more insured than a regular long-term tenant. What if I can actually be kind of like a free property manager for you with any of these issues that are under a certain amount of money called under $100 or under $200? You don't even hear from me. I'm just going to take care of it myself because I have a handyman. Mm -hmm. And as I started to learn, like this is a much better position for a landlord too. I just got really good at sharing that message with landlords. And fast forward six months later, we had six or seven, what we call rental arbitrage properties under contract that were each making about $1,000 to $1,500 per month. Do the math. We were close to about $10,000 per month at that point. And I was off to the races. And then just to kind of transition, then people started coming to me and being like, hey, will you manage my Airbnb? And I was Mm -hmm. like, well, I don't know if the numbers work on that. Let me try to pencil it out. And turns out that I could still charge a 20% to 25% management fee of the entire revenue collected. They could make extra money compared to a long-term rental, I'd be making money without having any money invested. And it was almost like free money. So I was like, yeah, let's do this. So that caught fire really quickly because say, as, as you know, you make someone money, what do they do? They go and they tell their friends. Yep. Yeah. You, you got to talk to Kyle. You got to go buy a house in Fresno. You got to buy a house in Bass Lake. He's making me way more money than if I were to have a long-term rental on this property. And that's how we really started to catch fire. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. Wow, that's amazing strategies. And you're talking about the catching fire. So is this strategy like very popular right now? So like a lot of investors are doing and is it still like okay to do nowadays? Like where the landlords are like, wait, why would I like rent a house to Carl who's doing Airbnb instead of I'll just do Airbnb myself? So what's your thought on that? So I've never had a landlord tell me, well, I don't want you to do it because you just gave me a great idea and I'm going to do it myself. Sayla, what do you know about most people who own real estate? What are some attributes of those people? Do they want to be involved in that no. real estate or do they want to be passive? We, we just want to be passive. A lot of real estate investors, they just want to be passive. They're either full-time real estate investors and their job is to look at deals or they're doctors, they're lawyers, they're 
top performing professionals that don't have time to go and be messaging guests and replace linens and take out the trash, right? Mm -hmm. And that just doesn't make sense for them. So they would much rather have the guarantee and the peace of mind and know, hey, if I go get another property, now I can bring it to Kyle and not have to list it on Zillow or list it with my property manager and I can save time and money. Mm -hmm. So that's the biggest thing. To answer your first question about, is this still a viable at least in my market in Fresno, the gap has kind of shortened here. So the long-term rents have gone up and the short-term rental rates have kind of leveled out a little bit. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, there isn't as much margin. So for that reason, I have to, once again, instead of going on Zillow and cold calling a landlord and back in 2020 or 2021, I knew no matter which landlord I called, I'm going to make money on this property. Now I have to be a little bit more selective uh, picky yeah selective or mm -hmm. picky about it and say okay it has to have the pool it has to have the hot tub it has to have the nicely updated parts of the house and i know what that property looks like and i can find out what that property potentially looks like by using a resource like air dna to say this is the property that i need to go after and now i'm confident in these numbers and not just having an open sea of whatever property that i look at and this is something that i teach in my course is how to do and how to analyze those numbers but what's great is the co-hosting model is still extremely viable because a lot of property owners if you ask them they don't necessarily care about the cash on cash they care will it cover my mortgage Will I have peace of mind and will I have the increased tax advantages, which is what's great about short-term rentals is that if you do this correctly, and I'm not going to go into, I'm not a tax professional, but if you do this correctly, you can get greater tax advantages on short-term rentals compared to long-term rentals, accelerated depreciation in the first year to first five years mm -hmm. that allows you to have more money in your pocket to go out and do more deals now, rather than waiting for that money to come back to you in the next 27 to 39 years as it depreciates over time. So if you can understand all the advantages and understand what that landlord needs, that can end up being a really good opportunity to say, hey, I can solve a lot of problems for landlords in my areas. Maybe it's cash flow. Maybe it does really well with the cash flow. But if I get a landlord who says, I just need to buy a property and I need to depreciate as much as possible here in year one, hey, I'm your guy. I can help you find that property. We can help you set it up. We can help get you connected to the right CPA and the right cost seg guy that's going to be able to depreciate and accelerate, depreciate that for you. And for that reason, you're going to be able to, instead of saving $20,000 in taxes by buying this property, maybe save $50,000 in taxes and buying mm -hmm. this property. And so those are some of the situations to me that we have to be really good at communicating to landlords today compared to two years ago when we could just say cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. So Without being too complicated, the answer to your question is yes, all of them are viable. You just have to be a little bit more sophisticated in your communication on how that can be beneficial for each individual landlord today. Yeah, yeah, definitely makes sense. And Carl, that's a good segue. You're talking about teaching a course. Can you tell us a little bit about your course or if you're doing coaching programs or something like that? So our listener would know and if they wanted to do the same thing, how does it look like? Yeah, so I'll tell you. I have a few people that I coach one-on-one -on -one, and that's fine. I still do that. If you want to reach out, if you want one-on-one -on -one coaching, you can reach me at my Instagram at fearlesskyle, or if you're more of an email person, info at fearlesskyle.com. But I only coach 
about six or seven people one-on-one because there's just not enough time in the day to be able to coach seven people one-on-one. So about a year ago, I said, we're not reaching enough people. We need to be able to help make this industry stronger. We need to make better hosts all across the US because how many of us are seeing party at an Airbnb, someone shot and killed, yada, 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 right? Like a lot of people are seeing those things. By the way, you'll never see the headlines person shot at a long-term rental. You'll never see that (laughs) because people don't understand. They're scared of Airbnb, but there's a lot of people out there that are bad hosts, whether they intend to be or not is not anything I want to talk about now. But the reason most of them are bad hosts because they have no idea what they're doing. So I decided let's make a really low barrier of entry course that's going to help anyone to be able to do this business. So about a year ago, we transitioned to what we call the six-figure formula which is this logo on my hat right here. Oh, Yeah. And it is a monthly $49 per month and you get access to my course. You get access to me weekly for uh, group Q and A's. And on my podcast, I actually interview our podcast guests in this group privately so that you have access to them before anyone else sees the podcast and you get to ask them questions and engage with our podcast guests before it ever goes live. Along with that, there's resources, there's templates, there's contracts, there's all these things that will allow you to really just learn how to operate the business, learn how to talk to landlords and build this business if you want to go the route of not owning the property and how to scale it. The reason I'm able to only work three hours a week in my business is because I built an amazing team with systems. We have days and days and days of systems. And we talk about that in my course on how you can create systems to remove yourself from the business. Because on a daily basis now, I work on my business. I don't work in it. I talk to, I do the money-making activities in my business only. And that's why I only have to work about three hours a week. The rest of that time, I'm able to make fun content on Instagram. We have a great time on YouTube, on our podcast, and just promote as much about how to help people become better Airbnb guests. But that course, Six Figure Formula is fearlesskyle.com slash 6FF. And you can learn all about it right there. That's awesome. And so if you don't mind, I know you have a course and like people you need to sign up and all that. And if you don't mind, it's possibly just an overview of a little bit like a blurb of the six figures formula. How does it look like? Yeah. So we got nine modules and they start with how to set up the business, mm-hmm. moves into how to evaluate properties, how to raise money for your deals, moving into how to market yourself to bring leads in, right? How to make that part of it passive. I'll tell you the first three months of my business, I was cold calling. I was finding properties on Zillow Mm -hmm. and hot pads and Facebook marketplace. And I was cold calling landlords. After month three, I've never had to cold call ever again. All those leads have been inbound and I spend zero on marketing. And so we talk about who that is, who you need to make relationships with in order to bring those leads in and make Mm -hmm. that passive. The fifth module is teaching you how to actually go out and talk to landlords and position yourself as a great solution. Is it sales? Yeah, it's sales. But like we have, I got a guy that's going through right now. He's a software engineer. He's never done a sale in his life. And after watching module number five and learning how to be able to pitch, he's like, wow, like this really is like, I'm a much better solution than a regular tenant for this landlord. Like who wouldn't go for this? Mm -hmm. So It's going to teach you that. It's going to teach you how to set up the property, how to manage the listings and the guest communication on a daily basis, who to hire on your team, how to hire them in order to be able to remove yourself from the day-to-day. And then once you get to that place, you've created this machine. And now the goal is just scaling 
and feeding this machine. And so we teach you how to be able to do that along with all the softwares to use, not just what to use, but how to use it as well. There's a Mm -hmm. number of different things that can be really overwhelming when you get into the short-term rental business. We keep it really simple to show you, here's what to use, how to use it, start there and expand from there. And so this has been, you know, one of my students, he jumped in on this and he had 50 properties in his first five months, which is not usual. (laughs) It's very top top end types of results, but he made over a million dollars in revenue in his first seven months. And I think net by the end of his first year was over $400,000, which is just wild to think, but that's the possibility. The average results, someone jumps in, as long as you're doing the work, you should have property number one, right around six to eight weeks in the program. And I always tell people the first property is the hardest. It's never like, oh, I got my first and then it was really hard to get that second. No, it's always, I got my first and then the ball just started rolling from there. Their confidence goes up and the referrals start coming in and all of this work starts to come to fruition. And so I always just tell people, do not give up until you get that first yes. Because I know people that it took them a hundred phone calls to get their first yes, which that's brutal, but it took me 15. Okay. And I feel like I'm pretty good at this. So if you can be dedicated to making 50 phone calls to start off, you can get a yes, as long as you're doing all the right things, as long as you're a person that people like, right? Like you got to be likable as well, (laughs) then you should be able to get great results with this. That's awesome. Carl, thank you so much for spending time with me today. It's coming on to our show, talking about your real estate journeys and tips and recommendations and advices of how to run an Airbnb and a lot of strategies going on without owning an Airbnb and then still be able to make like tremendous amounts of net revenue and also about your course. So Carl, if our listener wanted to find out more about you, reaching out to you and learn more about your business or working with you, where can they go? Yeah. So we already mentioned the course. It's fearlesskyle.com slash 6FF. Our website just in general is fearlesskyle.com. And then on Instagram, it's fearlesskyle. And then, like I said, YouTube and podcast is The Fearless Investor. So you can check us out anywhere. Awesome. Kyle, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you. Thank you, Selah. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Sayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.